During the 11th century, a now deserted city situated upon a vast windswept plateau just over the Turkish border from Armenia was by far one of the largest and most impressive cities in the world. Known at the time as the city of a thousand and one churches, in its prime, Annie may well have housed a population of well over 100,000 people and contained some of the finest and most advanced architecture in the world. Now reduced to a few scattered husks of towers and cathedrals, Annie remains a testament to the great power and ingenuity of its builders. It had been built by Armenians, who had lived in the area for thousands of years in an unbroken line of succession, dating back from pre-Roman times. They were Christian, and they had played off the powers around them, including the Romans and the Persians, and now the Byzantines, for thousands of years in order to retain their own unique culture and heritage. The early 11th century was a golden age for the Armenians. The city of Ani had grown exceptionally prosperous from its position on the trade routes from the east and west. And for hundreds of years now, its kings, known as the Bagratids, had ruled over a vast state, which included many neighboring Armenian vassal states. The Bagratids had originally been just one dynasty amongst many, Armenians always being prone to existing independent enclaves within the mountain valleys they resided within. But in recent years, the Bagratids had risen to supremacy from their power base at Ani. They made alliances with neighbouring Islamic peoples, the Georgians, and occasionally even the powerful Byzantine Eastern Roman Empire, which still ruled over the entirety of Asia Minor. In the year 1042, outside the walls of Ani, a vast Byzantine army of tens of thousands gathered in an attempt to bring the Bagratid kingdom under imperial control. According to the Byzantines, the previous king of Ani had bequeathed the city to them upon his death. Whether this is true or not, we know for certain that during the king's reign, one of his feudal lords, David, owned vast tracts of land which he gradually brought under Byzantine influence, possibly against the will of the king. Upon David's death, these areas of the Western Armenian realm came to be occupied by the Byzantine emperor, Basil II, who had assumed a policy of gradually bringing Armenia under Byzantine control. By 1042, the new emperor, Constantine IX, sought to finish the job by annexing Ani once and for all. The Armenians, however, although having many pro-Byzantines amongst their ranks, had other ideas. The young heir to the throne, a nephew of the previous king, Gajik II, raised a large army alongside the veteran general, Varam Palavani, who had long served the Bagratid kings. During the ensuing battle, Paluvani inflicted a severe defeat upon the Byzantines, who were pushed back entirely out of Armenian lands with great slaughter. The fight was said to have been so ferocious that the blood of the dead turned the waters of the river Arcorian, a deep crimson which could be seen for long afterwards. In the aftermath of the battle, with the support of Paluvani and the head of the Armenian church, Gajik was crowned as king Finally, the Armenians had a figurehead to rally behind once more, and immediately Gajik set out to consolidate his kingdom. During the Byzantine assaults, the empire had persuaded the pro-Byzantine Armenian king of Tashir de Zagnet, formerly a vassal of the Bagratids, to attack from the east, as well as rousing up 
grow Byzantine support throughout the kingdom. Not only did Gajik, along with his erstwhile general, unite the kingdom once more, they also went on the offensive against the other great enemy of the time, the Seljuk Turks, a horde of hundreds of thousands of battle-hardened nomadic warriors who had spilled out of the Central Asian steppe lands in the previous decades, and now they sought to expand their empire to encompass the new rich lands they came across. Over the next two years, Gajik, who became known as the Lion due to his bravery, and Paluvni greatly reinforced the army. Decisively, they marched towards the Seljuk Horde near present-day Lake Savan, where they split into two forces. The first division engaged in battle and then feigned retreat, drawing the Turks into a chaotic pursuit, right into the path of the second, larger army which lay waiting in ambush. It was a defeat for the Seljuks, and in its wake, previously subject people to the Byzantines, who had been abandoned to the Seljuks, flocked to the banner of the Bagratid kings, and the Seljuks were forced to retreat out of Greater Armenia. At this stage, Gajik renewed diplomatic relations with the Byzantines, even offering to become a vassal of the emperor, as long as he was allowed to keep his lands in Armenia as an independent state. Again, the Byzantines refused and continued to incite rebellions and attacks from the provinces around Armenia, which Gajik consistently fought off. Finally, the Byzantines agreed to come to terms with the new king and invited him to Constantinople to make a deal. Whilst there, however, the emperor demanded that Gajik abdicate and hand over his throne. Refusing to do so, Gajik was imprisoned and an army sent to his now leaderless kingdom to take it by force. By 1045, the Byzantines were finally able to occupy Ani, and the city of 1001 churches was finally incorporated into the empire. Eventually released from prison, Gajik was given governorship of a province in Asia Minor in compensation for his kingdom. He could do little but watch from afar, as the once powerful Bagratid state became yet another province in the Byzantine Empire, who now, for the first time, came into contact with the Seljuks, a people long known to the Armenians. It is often said that taking Ani caused more problems for the Byzantines than it solved, as the Bagratid kingdom had previously acted as a buffer to warlike peoples from the east. This became a terrible reality when in 1064, a massive reinvigorated Seljuk army under Alp Arslan thundered across the Armenian plain to besiege the great city. After a siege of 25 days, the Byzantine governor surrendered and the Seljuks poured into the city, massacring and enslaving the entire population. An account of the sack is given by an Arab historian who met an eyewitness to the slaughter. The army entered the city, massacring its inhabitants pillaged and burned it, leaving it in ruins and taking prisoner all those who remained alive. The dead bodies were so many that they blocked up the streets. One could not go anywhere without stepping over them, and the number of prisoners was not less than 50,000 souls. Gajik, the last Bagratid king of Armenia, was now powerless to act to aid his people. He was eventually murdered after a dispute with a local Byzantine church official in 1079. Annie recovered from the Seljuk attack for a time, but never again regained its former glory. It dwindled in population and influence over the years, passing between Georgian and Muslim control, until it was again sacked, this time by the Mongols in 1236, and this time it wouldn't recover. By the 17th century, only a small village remained within the city walls, and by the 20th, it lay entirely abandoned. The city of 1001 churches, a testament to the once vast power and influence of those people who built it, now lies just across the Turkish border from modern-day Armenia, mostly forgotten by the world. <laughs>